Today, we join millions of Christ followers around the world as we celebrate Palm Sunday, the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. It was on that day that Jesus turned to two of his leaders, told them to go into the village of Beth, Bethage. There they would find a colt tied up that had never been ridden before. And Jesus said, take it. If somebody says, what are you doing? Tell them that it's for me and then bring the colt back. The leaders came back and it's, it's interesting that this is the colt that uh, Zechariah had prophesied some 400 years before that when he said, shout and cheer, daughter Zion. Raise the roof, daughter Jerusalem. Your king is coming, a good king who makes all things right, a humble king riding a donkey, a mere colt of a donkey. Campbell Morgan is an incredible theologian, and he said that in that time, the king would, would ride colts because it was a sign and a symbol of majesty. Jesus did not come as a victim. He came as a victor. He came in all of his majesty on this one day, the first time when he was on the earth that he was declaring that he was the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I'd like you to uh, turn, uh, if you have a Bible here, pull it out to Luke chapter 19, and we'll begin reading right here with verse 35. If you're pumped and excited, just say yes. yes. Verse 35. I don't know. I feel so good this morning. I don't know what's happening here. Verse 35, and they brought it to Jesus, the cult. And throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road as he was drawing near. Already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Throwing, uh, throwing their clothes on the ground or on the colt were specific signs of submission that they were like laying down their lives. Over in John chapter 12, we find in verse 12 and 13 another account of this entry. Verse 12 and 13, read it with me out loud, everyone. The next day, the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees 
and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It was the practice of the Jewish people that when there was the Passover, and by the way, the historian Josephus says that there were some 2 point million, 2.7 million people that had gathered together for this Passover. But it was the practice that the Jewish people were expecting that the Messiah would come at the time of the Passover. It was their practice of Passover to take the palm branches and they would begin to wave the palm branches and the palm branch represented freedom, that they were going to be free. So here, although some in the crowd were hoping and believing that they would actually be set free from the Roman Empire, Jesus doesn't tell them to stop with the sounds of praise, but he receives the praise that they are offering unto him. Maybe during this tremendous Passion Week, maybe there will be the awakening of praise in our own hearts and mouths so that we have extravagant praise unto the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Something happens when we begin to praise God no matter what is happening in our lives. Something happens, we begin to not only love him silently, but when we begin to go all out and begin to get into praising the Lord. Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, therefore by him, Jesus, let us offer the sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. You're still here. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 says, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is the will of God to those who belong to Christ. Sometimes we don't feel like praising the Lord because nothing looks right. Sometimes we don't want to lift our voices to the Lord because we don't feel like it or we are tired and we are weary. And you may be here, and you are tired, and you are weary. Or you may be alert, awake, sitting on the edge of your chair, wondering what's going to happen in this meeting. Wherever you are, the Bible says, in all things, get with it, begin to bless the Lord, begin to praise the Lord, because Jesus is King. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Darling Check says, praising God with other believers releases explosive faith that frightens the enemy. 
Praise is a powerful war cry declaring that we will stand strong. When we begin to rejoice like they did at that triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem, the enemy has to go let go of the grip on our lives. He despises people that are blessing the Lord. He despises people that will stand in the front of obstacles when he just is about to take us out and render us silent and defeat us, first of all, in our mind and our emotions so that we are in the corner whipped and we are defeated by the enemy. And sometimes you have to crawl out of the corner and sometimes your praise is something like, praise your Lord, hallelujah, God is good. And the cat can't even hear it, but you begin to praise God, never marginalize sort of a low-level shout or praise, like, praise the Lord. And then, as you get a little more energetic, you can say, praise God. And then when you're ready, really, to, qu to kick, you can say, Praise God. You can begin to have the roar of blessing in your heart when you can't see it, you can't feel it, you can't touch it, and you're in the darkest time of your life. And some are here. You're in the darkest life, time of your life. Everything is down. You have no reason in the natural to actually lift up your face and to smile because of the circumstances. But I remind you, Jesus is inside, and the Bible says a glad heart makes a happy face. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the palm branch speaks loudly today of freedom. You can't praise God without eventually feeling a touch of his freedom in your life. Notice, you guys are pretty good this morning, you know it? Notice here it says in Luke chapter 19, the whole multitude, verse 37, the whole multitude of his disciples, these were followers of Jesus. So remember the crowd has followers of Jesus and then people infiltrating, coming for Passover. It's a mixture. The whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice, praise God, with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen. Lazarus had just been raised from the dead. A blind man had just received his sight outside of Jericho. And what we learn here is we have to remember the mighty works that have happened in our lives. We have to look back constantly, refocus, speak out loud, meditate, as David did when he was taking on Goliath. He said, oh, piece of cake. Kill the bear, kill the lion. The guy's going down. So I want to suggest during Passion Week that everybody looks back 
find a mighty work that God has done and tell someone and at dinner table or wherever you are, begin to talk about the mighty works that he's done in your life, in your family, in your generation, in your kid's life, in your friends around you. My mind couldn't help but come back to that day when I had talked to Dr. Crandall, Tommy Barnett, Mario Marillo, and everybody said, go for a new church. My wife and I got in the car and we were so pumped and we went from place to place to place to place to place and then we get a hotel and yeah, you can be here three weeks and then we have a conference there and you can't be there and then this week and then we have some. Came home so discouraged. But we got in the same car, went out the next day and did the same thing and day after day and there was no place to meet. And then I heard about there might be a little place in the art museum, and I remember walking into this little auditorium that seated about 300, and walking in, and I heard the Lord say, this is the place. Fire it up. And that day when we had our first service, I was so nervous. I was in the back. Is anybody, I was talking to Pastor Dave. You know, he's been here since Christ came. And uh, <laughs> I said, Dave, is anybody going to come? I was like, nervous. And he kind of calmed me down, and, and I, came, I walked out on the platform, and everybody like went crazy. I said, oh, this must be God. <laughs> and we were really flying high for a few weeks, and then there's a big article in the Sentinel, and I guess they are thinking, why do we have a church in this building? And they threw us out. And we're thinking, oh my God, what am I going to do? That week after I learned it was like Friday afternoon and we have to announce to the church, imagine I have to announce to you, next week we'll be meeting wherever and we had no place. I will never forget it was about two o'clock and I mean, the word desperate doesn't even describe what was happening. I mean, it's not, I mean, it was like desperate to a hundredth power. Oh my God. Oh my God. What am I? I remember I called the office and Beth Grimm was there, uh, the assistant. And I said, please pray. And Doug Cole, and we're praying and praying. And I'm in the car. I said, Lord, show me a place. And I see this place it says women's club. Man, we're desperate. We love women, we love men, we love everybody. I said, Lord, help me. And we go in there, it's about two, three o'clock, and I'm by myself, and I walk in, and this lady is there, and we sit down, and we talk a bit, and she said this. You'll probably want to sign a contract today, won't you? I said, yes, ma'am, like right now. <laughs> and then we were in the garden club, and we have a couple pictures here, concrete floor. Uh, anybody that was at the garden club, would you raise your hand? My sister Frances, my daughter Jackie even came. We have two that were there. And there's one back, Alita is on the back row. Anybody else? There were three. And then there's four over here. And who is that? Justin? 
Well, thank you, Justin. Uh, th- yeah, right here, uh, Peter and Tamara. So uh, anyway, you can see they've stuck with us here uh, through, uh, we got eight. That's amazing how many things that we have seen God do, miraculous works, mighty works of God, in our most desperate times, somehow God has come through, like trying to build this campus, $14 million building. When would you build a building like this? Well, when the Great Recession happens. (laughs) Oh my God. And the bank says, you have to make payments on that building until that's paid. And then my prayer life actually soared. It was week to week. How many have ever been week to week? Well, we were hour to hour. We never missed a payment. And God answered prayer because he does mighty works. He does mighty works. Bible says in Psalm 62, verse 1 and 2, I wait, I wait quietly before God. My, for my victory comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress, where I'll never be shaken. He not only saves us from sin, he saves our marriages. How many have had your marriage saved? Raise your hand. Actually, that was not accurate because if you're married, your marriage has been saved. You're married. Put up your hand now. He has saved your marriage. Judy has her hand up. Pray for us right now, please. He saves us from addiction. He saves us from depression. More than anything, he saves us from ourselves. And he saves us from destruction. We have people that are getting out of prison all the time coming to our church, and we love it. But if the truth was known... Everyone in the room who knows Jesus has come out of prison. And you have been set free by the king that rode on a colt into Jerusalem that day. And he is the one that breaks the captive. He is the one that breaks every stronghold. And he does that when we begin to lift our voices in praise. He does that when we begin to rejoice and we begin to say, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even our King. He was coming on that day. Certainly he was the Savior. The Savior is what he does for us. So when we talk about a savior, it is about Jesus working and giving to us. When we talk about him being king, rather than throwing down our clothes, what we do, we are throwing down our lives. Big difference between savior and king. He's both of those. He is qualified to be king, because he has the right direction and he will change our lives. But we have to throw down, not our clothes, we have to throw down our lives and say, yes. Yes. 
Yes. We are setting aside three days for fasting and prayer for Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. I don't, I can't tell you what I feel in this Passion Week because I believe there is something that is going to happen personally to each one of us as we fast and pray. I keep having this, these words that we've been saying, there is more. There is more that God wants to do in our lives individually and also as a congregation. Last Tuesday, uh, we, we usually meet early in the morning on Tuesdays with our team, our staff. It's one of those days where we were praying and it was incredible. I was in the middle kind of reflective and just trying to see what God was going to do. In this room back here, and, and I turned in that direction, which is west, and I kept turning and looking out the windows because the trees were, were moving and the wind was blowing. And then right over in this area, there's a really tall tree and it was shaking. I was reminded that the Bible refers to the Holy Spirit in terms of wind. And what that really means, the wind is movement. That he is not static, but he is moving. And I felt very strongly that the Lord was saying, there will be a fresh wind go through your life, Alexander. And there will be a fresh wind go through everyone in our parish, our church right here. Everyone will be affected by the wind of the Holy Spirit. And I might add that the wind of the Spirit is here right now working in our lives and blowing away some things that need to be gone. I then was standing there and I wasn't thinking about anything specifically, just taking in this wonderful atmosphere of the Spirit. Then these words came to me and I think they were the Lord. And it was, the season that you, the church, has been in is over. That whatever God has done in the past, there is a line drawn, and now, at this moment, there is a new season. Then I, I was talking in my heart to him and said, well, what kind, of, what, what, what kind of season is this? Immediately, it came to me, it's springtime. It's a time for people to flourish. It's a time when there are the birthings of new things, that there would come this incredible flow of the Holy Spirit but it will be like spring. You see the pictures of what happens in spring when the, there's the budding and the coming forth of colors that 
we all would be colorful in the spirit, that we would look different. Faces that so often look like Jesus didn't show up today would be changed and people would actually take a new face into the marketplace so that people want what we have. Then I, I saw many, many people getting married. People that want to be married, think about being married, but there would be a rash of marriages coming up. Those that couldn't have children will have children. Those that are barren spiritually will be spiritually alive. That there will come prosperity. Often we have allowed by our actions or passivity to allow the enemy to constantly steal from us. It's time to put down our foot and say, listen, big guy, get out of here. You're not stealing anymore from me, my marriage, my kids, my home, my health. I believe it's time that he wants us to be healthy. And most of the time when we think of a revival, we talk about being healed. Well, I think there's something better than healing. I believe he wants us to be healthy. And some people are asking God to instantly heal them. They don't eat right. They don't exercise. They don't do what's right with their body. They don't go to bed on time. They're not taking care of their body. I'm hoping that in the flourishing season we have church that not only washes your car and watches over your car and clean and vacuum your house, but you're watching over your body. You're getting eight hours or more a night of sleep. That you are, you are healthy and you're eating the, we're eating the right things. And I'm off my notes right now and I can tell it by the reaction right here. <laughs> but when we talk about a new season, we're talking about spring. We're talking about you springing forth in your body. It doesn't matter how old you are. It means you can be alive. Some people are 40 years old. They are dead. They look dead. They act dead. Well, wake up. Get with it. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. You can't have energy in your body and put all the wrong things in there and toxify your body. I need to get back on these notes here. <laughs> the point I was making before it became silent and uncomfortable <laughs> was that he wants to do something that has never been done before where we are fit mentally. You have a, a mind that is sharp. Your emotions are healed. You wake up in the morning and say, this is the day the Lord has made. I don't care what Jimmy does. This is the day the Lord has made and Jimmy's not gonna steal what I've got. He's not gonna silence me. I, this is the day the Lord has made. I'm gonna put on a victory face in my... Yes, Hallelujah. 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 It's springtime. 
It's interesting. I was in a meeting in the next hour and I told somebody this and they said, did you know today is the first day of spring? I said, no, but it's the first day of spring for us, spiritually. Hallelujah. And then I noticed in the Holy Scriptures that when the Israelites were coming out and leaving Ramses, it was spring when they were coming out and they came out with all the gold and everything. And I think I see an unparalleled transfer of wealth from the ungodly to the godly. There are people in this room You've been under a poverty mentality. You think lack. You talk lack. There are people in this room, you talk negative all the time. You're talking about, well, we don't. Why don't you, while you're saying that, well, we no say, well, God, God, God is my provider. I, I speak blessing. And you begin to think in terms of more than enough. Most of us are thinking too small financially, and it is time that we stand up, go back to school, start a business, stop being around people who are lazy, get with people who are moving with God, get in a small group, and go forward in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I prophesy today that there will be in this church a congregation of people that are flourishing, that are not tired, that are not weak, that are not dull and dead, but a people who are prosperous, a people that are standing in the faith of Jesus Christ with praise in their mouth, with rejoicing in their heart, of hosannas that are going out from them that they cannot be stopped. The Lord says today, do not let a person stop you. Do not let a circumstance stop you. We could have stopped. I think we went a week every day. We could have stopped and said, well, like a lot of people, this probably isn't God's will. Listen, you get in God's will, the door's going to, some people say, well, it's God's will. All the doors open. Well, I have had to knock most of them down. Every now and then, a door swings open. You go, whoa, praise God. Most of them say push or kick. Well, it must not be God's will. She won't go out with me on a date. Pray and ask her again. (laughs) Definitely getting off my notes now. I wrote down, no one will be left behind. No one will be left behind. Maybe during this season of fasting and prayer, we need to purify ourselves. When Joshua was getting ready for a new beginning or a new time, the Bible says that he told the people 
Purify yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do great wonders. Purify yourselves. Expunge the doubt and the unbelief. If you're living in an active sin, find a personal friend and have them pray with you so you can get rid of that sin. If you're not sexual, sexually pure and you're sleeping around, purify yourself by confessing your sins breaking up that wrong, ungodly relationship and go for God's plan for your life. Clean your act up. After David had sex with Bathsheba, had her husband killed, whoa, that's not good. In chapter 51, 16, he cries out, and this is the God that's great, create in me a clean heart. And what did he talk about then? He said, I want to have a loyalty to you, God. He got off track, but the way to get back on the track is to get on our knees and be honest and say, I messed up with that, and that's bad. And you can say, listen, in this three days, so help me, God, I'm getting clean. I'm going to have a clean heart, and, and you don't have to work. Just have to ask God to re, reclaim your heart. And Lord, clean me up. And then you go out, and you, you start saying, no, we're not doing that. We're breaking that up. Move out. And we go over here, no, I'm not doing that. No, no, I'm not doing that. I'm in a profession that's dishonest. I'm not working with people who are crooks. And actually, actually, we become Christians. So I don't sleep around. Our pastors don't sleep around. Our leaders aren't sleep. Nobody's sleeping around in the wrong place. How about, how about that we have revival in the next three days and clean our act up and see Jesus do something really great? Well, what happens when we begin to praise God then we come into worship and, you know, theologians go, well, this is praise and that's this and this is worship and then this is, forget all that. Praise and worship and the glory are all together. And the more you do of it with a right heart, what happens is it ends up what they call the glory. Now, glory seems mystical, and it is, but it's simply the manifested presence of God. And what happens when you fool around, I'm not saying you lose your salvation, but you start fooling around, you lose the presence. <laughs> and then you get in the presence of your sin. 
and then guilt and condemnation and shame, shame go. <laughs> but when you're praising God, the worship is going on. And when the worship is going on, you have the fulfillment of Habakkuk 2.14 that says the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the sea covers the water. In other words, when people come to our small group in our living room and they're in the introduction course to Christianity and they walk into your house, well, because you're there, there's an atmosphere in your house because there's the glory of God. What is gonna happen when people come in this place, I'm living right in grace and you're living right. Whatever level we've had in our old season of the glory and this thing gets out of control, they'll come from the nations because it won't be about you, it won't be about me, it will be about the presence of the Lord and the glory of the Lord. Just as it says in Revelation chapter seven, after this I looked, and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation and all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne, before the Lamb clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out, crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures and they fell down on their faces before the throne and they worshiped God, saying, amen, blessing. And there's that word, glory, say it glory and wisdom and thanksgiving, blessing and glory and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to God forever and ever. Amen. We talk about the kingdom of heaven coming to earth. What if that kind of glory came and we didn't have to wait until we get to heaven, but when we pray your kingdom come, what if we got that? What if, what if we look back years from now and say, oh my goodness, on that day, it was back, I think it was in 2018, we decided to be a new church. And the pastor decided to be a new, a new guy. And the ushers are new guys. And the people on the, on the, what do they call this? Platform, stage, whatever this is. And they're all new people. And the ushers are new and the kids are, what if you're a brand new person? And heaven, heaven visits church and the sun. Wow. You see miracles, signs, and wonders. Last week in the guest reception, there was a new lady. She couldn't move her arm. And one of the people in our church laid hands on her. She's in there bawling because she went like this. She went, ah, I can raise my hand. When the glory and the presence of God... <laughs> When the glory and the presence, sometimes you don't even have to ask. It just is a download. And the most, the most down person feels the glory. And they begin to say, yeah, I don't know what to do with him, 
I don't know what to do with her, but I know what to do with him. Hallelujah. See, great is the Lord. Great is the Lord. Great is the Lord. I'm hopeful in just a minute we will lift our voices. The person who is silenced by your circumstance, and we're not saying this is easy. I've had to do it in my life so many times. My wife died, two teenagers. Losing a baby, you have your list. And I had to get up and say, great is the Lord. Discouraging things in the church. They left, they did this, they did this. I had to keep my eyes on the Lord. Great is the Lord. When we sing this song in just a moment, I'm gonna ask you to open your heart and your life. It may be alcohol that stops you, whatever it is. But let's lift him up and do what they did that day in the triumphant entry. Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. All the earth. Hallelujah. No one leaves. That's it. Great are you, Lord. Come on, sing it with all that's in you.
stand here in the presence of the Lord, we declare every person right now that is bound by depression and hopelessness and despair and heaviness, we break that off of you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Been encountering that in this room. Just begin to lift your hands and receive it right now. Depression, hopelessness, despair. In the name of Jesus, it leaves you. And right now, there is freedom. We're waving that palm branch of freedom in the name of Jesus. There are those that are here that you are somehow without energy. You are tired. You are weary. Somehow you don't want to go on. If that's you, the Lord is renewing you right now. Put up your hands in the name of Jesus. We renounce that in the name of Jesus. You're not giving up. You're not giving in. In the name of Jesus, we break every addiction. We come against the spirit of doubt, unbelief. In the name of Jesus, we declare miracles in this building right now, all across this room. In the name of Jesus, migraine headaches are gone in the name of Jesus. I pray right now for people that have problems in the back of their neck that like disc or whatever it is, you have problems right in this neck area, raise your hand, put your hand on your neck in the name of Jesus. I declare that that's not big, too big for God. In the name of Jesus, somebody has a hand up, put your hand on their shoulder. In the name of Jesus, be healed right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Put your hand right back here. In the name of Jesus, we declare healing. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. There are marriages here. Your marriage is withering. It's not going anywhere. And we ask, Lord, for rash things to happen in the next 10 days. In the name of Jesus, shake it up. Shake it up. Shake it up in the name of Jesus. Shake it up right now in the name of Jesus. Let there be something happen in the name of Jesus. We break every stronghold over every marriage in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Now, we're going to sing this, Great is the Lord. In a moment, we're going to lift our hands. And I'm asking the Lord for more freedom in your life and my life. There's a lot more freedom than you have and I have. And I want us, in a minute, we're going to sing this song. I'm going to sing it loudly. Great is the Lord, all the earth. I want us just to lift our hands let a spirit of free that spirit is freedom is coming down right now freedom yes freedom freedom bondage is broken
You know, we never leave our meeting here without giving people an opportunity to open their hearts to Christ, put their faith in Jesus, and be forgiven of their sins. This cross always reminds us of what Christ did for us. He made it possible for us to be born again, forgiven of our sins, be healed, to have peace in our lives. And all we have to do is open our hearts. He will eradicate the guilt, the condemnation. Before we come to Christ, we're all a wreck. And we need a Savior to save us. In just a moment, I'm believing that many here are just going to take that step and say yes to Christ and raise your hand. I'm going to count to three. And after that, if you're here, you say, listen, I want you to pray for me. I want to be forgiven of my sins. One, two, three. Lift your hand all over the building. Put it up wherever you are. In the balcony, yes, over here, over here, over here. Put it up, put it up, put it up. Put up your hand wherever. Balcony, balcony, one, two, three, over there. We're going to ask everyone that raise your hand, come down the aisle. Just stand here for a moment. We're going to have a quick prayer with you. No one leave for a moment. Look at people coming to Christ. Come, come right now. Sing the other song. Come right now, wherever you are. Come, 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 come. Come wherever you are. Just as I am. Come, come right now. All over the building. Balcony. Come, come. Come to Jesus. Balcony over here. Yes, yes. Over here. Balcony. Balcony. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Come to Jesus now. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Yes. Right there. Three or four people. Yes. Look at this. Just as I am. I Let's thank the Lord for all these that have come today. Right now, our focus is not how bad you are, but our focus is on how wonderful Jesus is. He doesn't condemn us. He beckons us and he says, come and let me make you a new person. He has a smile on his face, grace and mercy to be extended, and he wants to change our hearts. So right now, we're going to pray this prayer. 
as you saw all those people declaring going public through water baptism that that will be your next step Wednesday night or Sunday. You made a lot of decisions. This is the best one. I always see the girls coming as the daughters coming, and men as sons. So sons and daughter, Jesus is proud of you. And let's all say this prayer together. And those that are watching online, pray this prayer too. Let's say it really loud. Say, Jesus, Jesus. I put my faith in you. you. He took my sin on the cross. I confess and believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, and he is alive. I turn from my sin. I repent of my sin. I abandon my life to follow Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. Give me your grace, the gift of righteousness, and eternal life. You prayed that prayer. You're heaven bound. God bless you. Go with, go with Pastor David.